This is Matthew 1, verses 18 to 25. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgins shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Thanks, Ada. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this good news that we hear not just in church during the Christmas season, but also as we walk in shopping malls and, and hear carols on uh, radio stations, Father. We just thank you uh, that the gospel is proclaimed in unique and powerful ways during this Christmas season uh, because we need to hear it, Father. We need to hear it maybe for the first time. We need to maybe hear it for the millionth time. But we pray that you would speak it to our hearts here this morning. In Christ's name, amen. Um, I want you to imagine for a minute, or, or at least remember back for a minute, uh, what you were doing when you were around 13 or 14 years old. Uh, 13 to 14 really is what our culture says is uh, the beginning of the adolescent period of life. Uh, I know at our house we've got one child that is approaching adolescence and we are uh, facing it with a little bit of fear and trepidation. Uh, for, for, uh, for us culturally today, these end up being the kind of later middle school years. These are the years when uh, teenagers begin to, to start figuring out their bodies and their identities and who they want to be. And they often become very awkward years, to uh, say the least. I can remember back when, when I was uh, 13 or 14 years old, I was worried about uh, starting a new school I was worried about who I would sit with at the lunch table. I was wondering if I would ever make any friends. I was wondering if my voice would ever change like it did for my friends. When I think back at that time period, I don't think back on that time uh, particularly fondly. In fact, I think most of us, when we look back at the, the middle school or adolescent years, we don't think about years we would like to live over again. Just glad that we are done them. Well, what's interesting about uh, the Christmas story is that many people believe uh, that Mary and Joseph, when they had Jesus, that they were no older than 13 or 14 years of age. So imagine Mary, this, this young adolescent girl, being approached by an angel, Gabriel, and told that she was going to have a son that she had conceived by virtue of the Holy Spirit and that her son will be God in the flesh. Imagine just how overwhelmed she must have felt when she heard that news. 
But this morning's passage is more about Joseph, about her husband, and about a dream that he had that changed his life in a way that nothing else ever had. If you've been with us this Advent season, you'll know we've been looking at dreams. The Bible is full of all these different dreams about occasions where God would break in and communicate his will or his plan, often in really unique ways. We've looked at Jacob's dream, we've looked at another Joseph's dream, we've looked at Daniel's dream, and now we look at this Joseph's dreams. And while all the other dreams have been very dreamlike, they've been full of kind of bizarre images that have all sorts of layers of meaning to them, Joseph's dream is different. Joseph's dream is very straightforward. It is a direct message from the angel of the Lord. But what has been true of all the dreams is the fact that they have been incredibly disruptive. God has showed up and changed the trajectory of the dreamer's life in radical ways, changed their life in a way that they could never go back to the way they were living before. Their lives were drastically changed as a result of their dreams. And this was probably most true of Joseph, who would become the father of Jesus. The passage opens by telling us that Mary and Joseph were betrothed. And this custom is is a little different than the way we deal with marriage and engagement in our culture. You see, marriage would come in in two phases in the ancient world. A couple would become uh, betrothed or engaged, and this would involve the exchange of a bride price, and it would involve uh, a marriage contract, and most males were around 14 years of age when this happened, and most females were roughly between 10 and 12 years old when these betrothments happened. And when they happened, legally, they would be married, but the bride would remain with her family for another year after the marriage contract was signed. And after the end of that year, a a small and simple, beautiful wedding ceremony would happen, and the groom would, would process ritually from his home to his bride's home, and then they would process back to the groom's home, and they would consummate the marriage at that point, and then they were fully married. One of the reasons that that this was done was to prove the sexual purity of the bride. And, And if she was found to be impure, this betrothed woman would be disgraced and she would be labeled unclean in her culture and the marriage or the betrothal would become annulled. So you can imagine Joseph's shock. You can imagine his alarm and his sadness When Mary, within this year, turns up to be pregnant. I don't know if you've ever imagined what that conversation must have been like. When when Joseph's betrothed comes to him one day and says, Joseph, I have something to tell you and, and you better sit down for this one. This is interesting news. I'm pregnant and God was the reason that I'm pregnant. I am carrying the Son of God, the Messiah. Just imagine what Joseph's reaction must have been. Imagine what you would have thought if you were in that situation or you were presented with that scenario. Imagine 
Joseph's sadness when he heard this news. That his betrothed, that the person he loved more than anyone else, is now pregnant and he is not the one responsible for it. She has a story that, that at best doesn't seem plausible at all. She could face punishment culturally for this, what would be labeled an indiscretion. She could be dragged into the city gates and stoned for her infidelity. And if not that, she would at least have to bear the shame of this for the rest of her life. Joseph had to be mulling all these things over in his heart and in his mind. But Joseph himself still had an option. Mary was out of options, but Joseph wasn't. He could still get out of this. He could divorce her quietly and he could go about rebuilding his life. He could get out of this with his reputation still intact. And that is exactly what his plan was. Verse 19 says, And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. You see, we don't know much about Joseph from the Scriptures. It doesn't tell us much about him. We know that he was uh, from the house of David. We know that he was from Bethlehem, though at this point he was living in in Nazareth. We know that professionally he was a carpenter. But beyond that, we don't know much about him, nor does the Scripture tell us much about him. In fact, many people believe that uh, because we don't know much about him, it's most likely that he had died uh, either during Jesus' childhood or at some point during Jesus' ministry. Yet in this situation, Joseph must have been heartbroken. He was going to do what he could do to protect himself and her in the process And then the unthinkable intruded into Joseph's life. Because in a dream, he was visited by an angel himself and given a message. It says this in verse 20, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Mary, after all, was telling the truth. This really was God entering into time and space in order to save humanity from its sin. He, Joseph, was being called to play a vital role in God's plan of redemption. Think back again to that time when you were 13 or or 14 years old. You had your whole life ahead of you at that point. You were beginning to dream about what you wanted to be and how when you got older, you were going to move on to conquer the world and accomplish all of your dreams. But even today, as grown-ups, we all have dreams for our lives. Maybe you're dreaming about finding the the perfect spouse. Maybe you're dreaming about owning your own company or, or getting that promotion that you've been wanting at work. Maybe you're dreaming about how successful your kids are going to be when they get to college or how successful they're going to be in life. Maybe you're dreaming about retirement. I know even I think about that from time to time. Maybe you're dreaming about once what you will do once you are finally financially secure. 
You'll get on to that dream vacation or get on to buying that house that you've wanted your whole life. And what we as people do is, is we order our lives around those dreams. Those are the dreams that get us up early in the morning. They help us to, to persevere when the challenges of life present themselves. Our dreams orient our spending habits and, and how we manage our time. We invest a lot of money in education and training in order to accomplish those dreams. How many graduation speeches have you heard that all talk about dreams You're about to go and accomplish those dreams. Don't let anything get in the way of you accomplishing and grabbing the dreams of your life. But then imagine, in just an instant, that all those dreams disappeared. And that must must have been how Joseph felt in this moment. Every plan and every dream that he had had for his life was now gone in an instant. His dream altered all of the rest of his dreams for his entire life. You see, Joseph's experience was, uh, was very unique. His experience with God was unique, to say the least, but its pattern is not uncommon for followers of Jesus. You see, friends, sometimes I think we forget what it truly means to follow God with our lives. Often when we talk about following Jesus, we talk about all the grace and the adoption and the forgiveness that we receive from God in the gospel. We talk about all the benefits of heaven and the steadfast love of God, and those are wonderful things. We should talk about all these things. In fact, we ought to live in perpetual amazement of all the blessings that we get in the gospel of Jesus Christ. But sometimes we forget what it truly means to follow God, the full picture of what it means to follow Him. We forget what Jesus says in Matthew 16 when He says this, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. See, sometimes we forget that following Jesus means that we might just have to die to our dreams. Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote, When Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and die. You see, often we want all the good stuff that comes from following Jesus. We, we want all the benefits that come from a relationship with Him. And we want to simply add all the good stuff about following God to our already well-fashioned lives. We want to be able to pursue our dreams and add on the blessings. But when we do this, we truly miss what it means to follow Jesus. You see, Joseph understood this crystal clear that day. His dreams for his life, his plan, his desires, his purposes were now over. They had been disrupted by God. 
To follow God meant that he had to deny all of those other dreams that he had lived for up until that point. Joseph knew exactly what all of this meant. And yet look at his response. Verse 24. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son And he called his name Jesus. You see, Joseph's response was obedience. Even though that obedience meant the death of all of his dreams. But friends, that's just the thing about the gospel. Because God doesn't ever ask us to give up something without replacing it with something that is better. You see, Joseph may have had to give up on his dreams, but now he had the opportunity to play a pivotal role in God's great plan of redemption. He played an important role in God's rescue mission for the world. He got to receive a front row seat for all that God was going to do in time and in space. And it almost certainly gave birth to a greater joy than he ever would have experienced before. Didn't mean that his life was going to be easy. In fact, it probably meant the reverse. But what it did mean is that it led to a life of unspeakable joy. Friends, God may or may not ask you to die to your dreams when you decide to follow him. But if he does, it means that he has something even more remarkable planned for you. We've seen a lot of different responses to these dreams as we've gone through the Advent season. When we looked at Jacob's Advent dream, he invited us to worship a God who came down. Joseph's Advent dream invited us to treat Jesus like the king that he is. Daniel's Advent dream invited us to rest in Jesus's power and dominion. And this dream invites us to come and die. But when we do, we will experience, just like Joseph, unspeakable joy. But I think there's one last thing that this dream meant for Joseph, that we would be remiss if we didn't look at it. For Joseph to, to be obedient to God's call, for him to be, to be obedient and to walk this path meant that he would have to bear shame and guilt. For Joseph to to immediately finalize this betrothal would be to invite suspicion and innuendo culturally. And for Mary to turn up pregnant just months later would be to secure all the suspicions that everyone around them were thinking. Joseph, for the rest of his life, along with his wife, would forever be branded as immoral and unclean. No one would ever believe Mary and Joseph's story. So for the rest of his life, he would have to bear the guilt and the shame for something he didn't do. An innocent one who would bear guilt and shame. So what we see in Joseph are the very hints of the life of his son. Because his son, Jesus, would be the ultimate innocent one who bore 
the guilt and shame of the world. The gospel tells us that on the cross, Jesus was hung as a common criminal. That God the Father turned his back on his beloved son because he in that moment bore the guilt and the shame that all of us deserve. He gave up his life so that you and I can experience life. He calls us to come and die. He did come and die to save us from our sins. Friends, that is the good news. Emmanuel, God with us. Come and die, and you will find eternal life and unspeakable joy. Let's pray.